Volume 7. Um, AB, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Fresh off a of game. The dubs uh, got a nice victory. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're here to talk about it. Yeah, redemption win. Uh, we lost to the Knicks last time. Redemption win for Draymond. Got kicked out of the last game. Really lost it for us. So let's dig right in. Um, yeah. Played the best defense in the league. They played. Fan- so. Yeah. And I mean, but we're right up there. Top five. So both both teams played great D today. It was, I mean, that's fourth quarter was brutal to watch, at least the beginning of it. It was yeah. what, what was it, six minutes in, and we had only scored one field goal. Yeah, it was one of those classic moments where we outscored them 39 to 26 in the third quarter. And I kind of turned my head away, like, all right, we kind of had this one in the bag. And then I flipped back over and it was a three-point game. So I was like, what the yeah. hell happened? And <laughs> I'm glad they 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 stuck it out. They needed to win this after losing two bad ones um, over the weekend. Yeah. Um, and like you said, this is this was a little bit of a redemption game. Um, and across the board, like everybody played pretty well. Um, I was very impressed with pretty much everybody. Um, we could talk about Wiseman in a little bit, but yeah, overall, just a solid game against a good team. Um, you kind of need these wins. Absolutely. Steph was on, I mean, I guess you could say he was on fire 100% from the free throw line, shot 50% from three, seven for 14, went off for 37 points. So Steph had a Steph game, as they say on the web, Steph can a Steph. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Kelly really showed out um, the end of the game, really kind of clinched the or sealed the deal with that steal against Julius Randle that eventually led to Randle getting a tech and getting kicked out of the game when we were up, I think, five or six points. So that was pretty huge. Um, he also had like a late bucket where Steph found him underneath the basket cutting. Um, that was big. Everyone is all on Kelly's dick now saying, oh, my God, he's moving without the ball. He's cutting. It's like, yeah, give the guy, I don't know, a month or two to figure out a system playing with one of the best players in the world. And he's going to produce. So love to see it. Um, yeah. Draymond had an unbelievable stat line again, played out of his mind. He really wanted to stick it to him after getting thrown out of the last game. <laughs> so love that seven points, nine rebounds, 12 assists, three steals, two blocks. Draymond really went off. He was a big, big difference maker on this, in this game. Yeah. He had a, he shot the ball a good amount, put up nine shots, which is, which is rare. Um, they were daring him to shoot. I think he made his first, he made that one three early on. And I think, I think after he missed, yeah. Then he missed like two or three straight and you could tell he's like, all right, I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> they find people coming off screens. Yeah, but I mean, just like a classic game from him, nine rebounds, 12 assists, um, seven points. It's it's what you want out of him. Um, exactly. Played good defense. He had a good matchup tonight against um, Julius Randle, and you could tell he wanted to really show the man who's like the veteran defender in the league is, especially after uh, Julius's big night getting announced to the All-Star game. Um, yes. But yeah, exactly. it's just overall 
Um, good stuff. We got our guys, our big guys back. We got Looney back. We got Wiseman. Um, what were your takes on those two? Um, I thought Looney had a classic Looney game. Kind of filled up the stat sheet in his weird way. Six rebounds, four assists. Like, didn't really do too much wrong. He was a plus 17 on the night. So, I'm cool with that. Like, that's that's a classic Loon stat line. Um, Wiseman, I thought, played well in the 16 minutes that he played. He went for six for nine with some easy buckets. He had a just that crafty uh, shot he had where he had that like kind of spin, that back spin, and, and finished with his left hand kind of soft off the rim. Um, I thought he looked good. He's going to continue to progress. And I mean, missing, what did he miss? 11 games. That's huge for a rookie who didn't play in college and then was kind of just getting his footing to go out with an injury and miss a big chunk of games like that. So, I mean, I thought he played fantastic for missing as much time as he did. What'd you think? Yeah. I, uh, I was initially getting a little frustrated. I can tell that he was trying to do too much. Not only like, I don't think he was forcing stuff. We kind of just tried to feed him a little too much to get his rhythm. And he came out of the gates a couple of times in the post would just turn around and put up a jump shot flat, or he tried to do a jump hook flat. And I think, he had like a couple bad like defensive plays. He just came out really rusty, as you would expect. Um, but mm-hmm. overall, he put up a good stat line. Um, I, I just fear, like, this could be a little bit of an overreaction, but I just fear with how smooth they've been playing, moving the ball lately, they're trying a little too hard to get him involved because his his play is just giving the ball in the post and almost right. ISO. Um, and until you can figure out a good move, like is his move going to be just a turnaround and spot up jumper from 10 feet? I hope not. Um, so, it's I mean, those are like, like so far. Yeah. If I had to be a little critical, I think that was one thing where I'm like, all right, we got to get him somehow into the offense rather than just like, if he can't find Steph and can't work it to, to, to Wiggins, let's just find him in the post just to get him some swings or some shots. I don't know. I, yeah, that was my biggest takeaway. Um, but yeah, that one play in transition, it just again shows the flashes of how good he can be. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved how like clearly he goaltended. I forget who it was. And then was <laughs> yeah, like, the- like man, I'm hoping he was just mad at himself and not. I think he was. He knew that, that it. <laughs> he knew it wasn't. A, it was the right call. Yeah, yeah. So overall, like it's good to have Looney back. Like I love ripping on him, but he's such a solid dude. I know you don't he's expect much for him. You don't expect right. much from him, and you know, six. He's going to make good. Yeah, exactly. He's going to make the right decision. He's not really going to do anything where you're going to pull your hair out. That's more going to be the rook and Wiseman. Um, but I mean, Wiseman's at his best when he's finishing above the rim or, or catching a lob. And I mean, they they gave him a, a good amount of those tonight. So I think that's where he's going to have to really find his spots, and they're going to have to kind of help him along and get him in a rhythm with getting him easy buckets like that. Yeah, and it's going to be tough. I mean, if you're just looking at the score, like the starters were pluses and the plus minus, the, the bench, every single one of them was negative. And like Juan T didn't play, um, Baysmore didn't play, Mulder didn't play. Um, Baysmore played, played really well in his first well. stint, though. He, he went, yeah. went three for three um, on threes in the corner. Uh, yeah, right Baysmore's looking good. Um, played solid defense. But Damian Lee, I mean, he's he's been having a rough stretch. Yeah, he, he really he hasn't had, been producing. Yeah, he had that stretch like a couple weeks ago. And I just think it's a minutes thing. He just can't really find rhythm. And right. it's, I think Kerr has a lot to deal with, with trying to figure out with the healthy people how to bake in the players that played well for him while they're out. Um, 
But yeah, we'll see. Kerr said he's going with the 10 man rotation. So if one T's going to have to sit there and Mulder's going to have to sit there and wait their turn and wait till God forbid another injury or something like that, that's what it's going to be. But it's going to be tough for Damien to find his rhythm when he's out there with that really, really stagnant second unit where they, where they put out him and Brad Wanamaker in the backcourt. And Brad's been kind of tough to watch lately too. Not that he's ever been a scorer, but it's, it's just, it, we got to get points from somewhere in that second unit. And when, Pascal isn't really taking over the game. It's it's tough to to find that rhythm. Yeah, he's not really doing much. He's kind of just, I mean, he's literally just like the most just boring point guard at times, but he's not even really like getting that many people open. I feel like he's like trying to create his own shot, but he's not putting the ball in the hoop. He's not really distributing the ball much. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing well on the defensive side, but yeah. I mean, that's not the issue with that second unit. The issue is getting buckets on the offensive end. Yeah. And like Pascal's kind of in a slump post injury. Um, you could tell yeah. his shots looking flat. You can tell like he's not, he's never really been a go-to guy on the defensive end. And so he's trying to just create for himself and it's not really clicking for him. Um, right. I mean, he had eight points in 15 minutes, minus 15, like, he has to be our go-to guy scoring wise on the bench. Um, him and Bazemore, I guess. And and why the only guy that can just you get him the ball and he can go get you a bucket. So if he's yeah. not doing that, I mean he's he's not doing a whole lot. <laughs> right. So I hate to say it, but yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, Kerr's got some things to handle. And I, I think that kind of leads us into a fun little segue with with our baby boy. Um like, yeah, what do you do with Jordan, him? Jordan Poole. Yeah, Jordan Poole's continuing to light it up in the G League. I think he's – I mean, he had a double-double tonight. Um, But I think he's – before tonight, he was second in the G League bubble in scoring, only behind um, your your man, Kevin Porter Jr. He's leading the league. But, uh, yeah, Jordan Poole is showing the consistency and the confidence that he was sent down there to get. Um, So when he comes back, it'll be interesting to see who Kerr can tweak to get him in the lineup and hopefully get him on the ball because that's really where he plays his best. And it's tough for him as well to get his rhythm when he's off the ball and just kind of spotting up, playing that clay position. So if he can take some of those Brad minutes, if Brad continues to slump when he gets back, who knows, maybe he'll find a, a spot for himself. Yeah, I think because like Kerr's going to have to make some decisions on some of the two-way guys. And I think getting – Pool throughout the bubble, continue to play on the ball. I think Slater had a really good point. It just like he struggled early last year trying to play the two man spot, and his momentum was built off the ball or on the ball. And then obviously he's showing yeah. it in the G League. And it's whether you think he's a, a two guard or not, he, he's best when he can create not only for himself and for others. And so if he's sort yeah. of the guy, you got to find a way to bake him in post bubble because um, Brad's not doing enough. Like <laughs> I was going to say, it seems like yeah. obviously Brad brings the defense, but that's exactly what Brad's missing is the creation, the playmaking. And so that's what, what Poole would bring to that second unit. He's just kind of a liability on the defensive end. But, yeah, he really found his rhythm in the second half of the season last year when he was on ball. So hopefully he can, you know, play, play that role for us when he gets back. And I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. One thing I wanted to laugh about a little bit was the Knicks. I fucking love Obi Toppin and how much he wants to just dunk the ball. 
<laughs> Every time that, he's running on the floor, he's pointing up to the air. He wants that. He, wants he never that gets it, dude. It's like, dog. You all you want to do is dunk. <laughs> he caught one nice one today. He actually. Oh yeah, he always gets a, one. <laughs> he caught he caught one in transition, and it was actually in traffic too. He he called for it, raised up, and caught the oop. But yeah, I mean, every time he's down the floor, I see his finger pointing in the sky. I'm cracking up like, like I can catch kid. ten oops a game, bro. <laughs> he's like a kid who just learned how to dunk. Yeah, he's small as hell. He's not gonna like he's yeah. not gonna throw it to you when you're behind a big man. He can't see you, dunk. Yeah. You're not a rucker, dude. <laughs> I, I just had to get that off my chest. That shit was cracking me up. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> You're not the only one that noticed it. He cracked me up. But I do love that he's a New Yorker playing for the Knicks. He got it's yeah, beautiful it's, poetry. They're fun to watch, man. I, I, I'm i a big fan of the Knickerbockers. I, I love how Tibbs just has them playing for him. You know what I mean? I mean it's a classic Tibbs team being like a hard-nosed defensive team, but – it's funny. I looked up at one point and I see Derrick Rose and, and Taj Gibson out there, and I've had to blink twice. Like, is this the 08 Bulls or <laughs> the 2012 T Bulls? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? They, Tibbs has his guys, and he has a way to to keep them with him and get them to play for him. I respect yeah. it, and it's it's clearly showing. I mean, he's, he's getting very good production out of players who you know <laughs> they're starting kind of been or, written off. Yeah, for the most part, like Nerland is looking great out there. Um, yeah, I like Nerland's face his place. Yeah, Jules obviously we'll talk about later, but he had he came on uh, Reddick's podcast just talking about how much he enjoys playing for Tibbs, like how much he's pulling for him, and like Randall. He's, yeah, he's a big. He's like he's the best coach I've played for. Probably I'm, I think I'm assuming he's mean since Cal, but I was gonna um, say yeah, Cal's guys ride for him too, so I'm sure he didn't yeah. uh, speak over Cal on that. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see how Tibbs when you know midway through next season when he's barking at people and playing them 45 minutes a game running them yeah when he's wearing thin yeah he makes rj barrett cry in the locker room i'm sure yeah things will change (laughs) right that's for sure um but also another thing that came out today was uh christos porzingis is being shopped and allegedly the mavericks Mm -hmm. called the warriors to see what it would take to to get rid of him and, and and swap him on our team did you see the um, rumored uh, trade offer that, that was going around today? Yeah, so it was Porzingis, Josh Green, James Johnson. And was there a pick involved? Um, I think they wanted us to send a pick. Yeah, so what we were going to send was Wiggins, Wiseman, and the mini pick. Wiseman. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, I – I'm shocked people are like, saying, like I mean, it's, it's Twitter chatter, but people are like, yeah, I can see that happening. Like, and I'm like, absolutely not. Maybe two years ago, I, I would consider Porzingis, and I was like really high on him, but the dude doesn't, he can't play. He's, he's hurt every time he plays in more than like 10 games. And you'd essentially be trading anything you have for the future with the mini pick, Wiseman, and Wiseman. Wiggins is still young as hell for James Johnson, Josh Green, and I think that's it. Like, you'll get one-eighth of Porzingis. Right. And since that last knee surgery that he had, uh, I mean, it was actually during – he was having a great bubble uh, stint, and then at the end of it – He fucked his meniscus up it was a, or something. Yeah, it was, it was his meniscus, and so he had to have surgery to repair it. And since then, he's just looked like a scarecrow out there. Like, he can't move his feet on defense. He's getting burned out there on that end, and he's just jacking up threes. 
So unless yeah. he can prove that, that he's going to be healthy and can do it on both sides, like absolutely not. You don't mortgage your future in Jay's Wiseman for that. Yeah. And if we want a seven footer to Chuck, we just tell Wiseman stay on the perimeter and Chuck. Like that's <laughs> like, it's literally yeah, exactly. all the things will do. Like I, I will pass, yeah. pass, pass. Yeah. Hard pass <laughs> on that. So luckily I think it's just boredom um, with the, with Twitter trolls. I'm sure they did uh, give Bobby Myers a call about it, but I don't think that he has any intention of, of moving uh, Jimmy James Wiseman for, for Kristaps, the unicorn. Yeah. And even, I think Mark Cuban denied it, but I mean, they should be not to get into Mavs talk, but they should get Porzingis out of there as soon as possible. Oh, they should absolutely be making calls to get rid of him in that gigantic <laughs> contract that he just signed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I mean, that does kind of beg the question, like with the trade line, trade deadline looming, like do they shop that Minnesota pick? I think especially now that the the pick doesn't seem to be, I don't think it's going to be conveyed this year because Minnesota has the worst record in the league and it's top three protected. So uh, I think they just changed it a year or two ago. I don't know exactly what the percentage chances are. I think the top three teams have all an even um, percentage to get the number one pick, right? Yeah. So I, it doesn't look likely that we're going to get it this year. And this is the year that with the stack draft. So I believe if we don't get it this year, it's unprotected next year. Yeah. Um, so depending on what kind of haul you can get back for it, I think you definitely have to take calls. Yeah, I agree. I think keeping that as like the centerpiece, the thing is though, like the only people that we can get off contract wise would be Wiggins or Ubre. And <laughs> I don't right. know if I'll, yeah, it, like you said, it has to be a good, a good package for those guys. And like, I, I, I'm not trading much for Wiseman. Like I'm not, I, I would be so pleased right. to, to let him go. And I'm not trying to get some like older, I don't know. I just, I don't force you. it if you don't I have th- to. I think the only thing I could see happening is that if it doesn't, if, if we do end up trying to pull the trigger and, and trade that pick this year, is that I could see them maybe packaging it with Ubre because he's on an expiring deal anyway. And mm-hmm. if we don't want to, if he doesn't want to stay, if he wants to go out and get a better contract, because obviously he's playing better now, his numbers are coming up, then if you don't have a chance to keep him anyway, maybe you package Ubre in that pick and, and try to get something better in return with a longer longer uh, shelf life on the contract. But I don't know. I'd like to keep him as long as we can, but we'll see. Yeah, I think they'll they'll take more calls and make more calls, which, which I'm okay with. Absolutely. I'd, I'd much rather be on that end than being aggressive. So yeah, I trust, yeah. I trust Bobby, Bobby Lightyears. I think he'll, he'll do right. Always. Yeah. I trust it too. Yeah. Um, did you want to talk about announced today? I was like, you want to talk about Draymond's text or. Oh, Oh, against uh, Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a frustrating game right off the bat because Steph didn't suit up. Um, well, he suited up and, and, and warmed up and then he went directly to the locker room and it's funny i was watching the the charlotte telecast because i wanted to hear dell uh, uh on the call and then my man <laughs> man whoever the play-by-play guy is he's too much bro i was telling What's you last name, week you know? i don't know i, I know i know I, week, that motherfucker. the more i watch him i'm like this guy's worse than fitzgerald bro like he's he is a lot and dell's good but this guy is a little too much but yeah um yeah, I mean, Steph didn't uh, – he, he said, I guess he was quoted saying, I just don't feel right. He wasn't feeling good. So I don't know if he had a stomach flu. Maybe he was a little hungover playing a Blu-ray with the boys the night before. I'm not sure. I was going to say. But, he, <laughs> yeah, he didn't play. But, I mean, we still had a lead going into the fourth quarter, but ended up giving it away at the end. And 
Uh, Draymond got those two techs at the end, sent a scary Terry to the free throw line to tie it up, and he hit a buzzer beater to win it. So basically, Draymond gave the game away. Um, it's frustrating to see. That's what I expect from Draymond in 2013, 2014. Um, I know that you're going to get a hothead Draymond and he's going to get teed up at any moment, but you gotta, you gotta hope that at this point he's learned to, to learn his boundaries and that that's going to give the game away. And it's just frustrating to see that he's in his thirties, well-tenured player and he, he's still giving games away, just letting his emotions get the best of him. What'd you think? Yeah, that one was tough. Like, Overall, just a terrible final stretch to a game. Um, I think, like, to, to defend Draymond a little bit, A, it was a terrible call, and B, like, how often are you going to get double teed up by a ref in one, like, argument? Like, I, you got to hold on to that whistle a little bit, ref. But, yeah, overall, like, you got to catch Draymond's got to know. He's got to know slack, yourself. dude. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're coming after him every game. When you get that first one, like it's so easy to just be like, oh yeah, fuck you and say it more. Like right. you gotta, you know, you can't rely on Steph or someone to like hold him back or tell him to shut the fuck up. Like right. we can't afford to lose games to the Hornets. <laughs> I don't care if they're no. you know, a playoff contender in the East. Like we can't afford to lose, can't afford to lose the magic neither. Like we'll, like right. we just can't afford to drop one, these games. Yeah. Um and yeah, Draymond's That's gotta why be tonight was so important. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so nice to snap that losing streak and those come from behind losses <laughs> tonight yeah. on this road trip. So we got a doubleheader <laughs> tomorrow against the Pacers. I'm sure it'll be another grinded out tough one, even though they're kind of injury ridden. But you know, long East Coast road trip are never easy to pull out these wins. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the Pacers, Pace your, boy, your boy Sabonis was, uh, I think, the number one snub um, on the All Star uh, reserves yeah. that were that came out today. So, yes. So let's read them off and then let's go through a quick run through of like who we predicted and how many oh, we yeah. got right or wrong. Um, so while you grab that, West, sort of, yeah, go for it. Sure. So the West preserves that came out today were Chris Paul, uh, Paul George, Dame Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudolph Gobert, Zion Williamson and Anthony Davis, who may or may not get a medical um, uh, reserve sub for this one. If he's still hurt and not playing, then somebody's going to get his spot, which is cool. Um, And as for the East, James Harden, um, Jules Randle, who we just beat and he got thrown out of the game. Uh, The Boston backcourt, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, and Nikola Vucevic. Yeah, I was uh, I fared pretty well in the east or in the west. I mean, and assuming that AD is gonna get, I can't imagine they're gonna he's gonna play. Um, I would like to think Booker fills that spot. So, yeah, I fared well in the west, not great in the east. Um, <laughs> I had Sabonis, I had Trey, I had Bam, um, I had the Sex Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't looking good for the boys. Yeah, I had. Ingram in the West. I looking back, I probably picked should have picked Gobert, but I was like, I don't, I don't fucking like him enough to to give him that nod. I'm just not gonna do it. Um, that was also before they like took the lead in the West. Right. Um, so yeah, I'll never vote Rudy Gobert. And sorry, no, couldn't be me. 
Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people were surprised, obviously, about the Devin Booker snub. Um, like you said, I'm sure he'll get Anthony Davis a spot when he doesn't play. But I think a lot of people were surprised that Chris Paul got the nod over Devin Booker. Um, yeah. It doesn't really surprise me because Chris Paul got the bid last year and he's the vet who seems to be turning around all these teams. He was on the Thunder last year who were supposed to be dog shit. They ended up being a contender. Uh, now he's on the uh, on the Suns. They've always been a laughing stock for the past how many years? Now they're uh, in playoff contention. So I think Chris Paul is always going to get the, uh, the vet bump. Yeah, so I was going to say surprised. that. He's also Chris Paul. Like, you know, he right. he had that one year where he didn't make it when he was his final year in Houston. Right. And, and it's like, he's just, he's Chris Paul. You know, he's the VP of the president, the players union. It's while he is playing very well and he's, you know, the, the point guard of the team that's fourth in the West. Um, mm-hmm. I think you can kind of toss up between him and, and book. And like, we, like we sort of agreed AD not playing is going to slot in uh D book, but yeah, I think um, in the end he'll get he'll get the bid. Yeah, um, I'm pumped for Zach Levine. Oh, I'm pumped on the East. Me man. too. <laughs> I'm so fucking yeah, excited. Jules Randall, Zach Levine, Juice Brown, like all these uh, first time All Stars. I love it. All the young guys. I'm really really happy Zach Levine got it. He's been playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, super happy uh, about um, Jalen Brown. I think everybody kind of knew he was going to get in. He's a mm-hmm. shoe in, but he's been playing great too. So it should be fun. And I mean, now that I look at it, I think on when we made our predictions, I was saying there's no way James Harden should have made the team. If you look at him and what he's been doing since he's been on Brooklyn, he absolutely should make the team, and he's good yeah. enough. So yeah, he he's not going to not fight make the All Star team. Yeah, right. And like, it's crazy how much ha- like so much happened since we predicted them. Like when mm-hmm. we predicted them, we were talking about the Nets being not so great, and they're like hammering people out in the west on a road trip like right um initially without i was KD. like it without kd initially i thought vucevic is sort of the same vucevic but he's been on a tear lately um yeah. i think zach levine was a lock in my opinion but he's only made it more of a lock over the last couple of nights um, yes he's definitely improved his uh yeah yeah for sure overall this is such an athletic uh all-star game like you got Zion, Levine, Brown, Mitchell, Simmons. Simmons. Yep. Like I'm Paul fucking George. ready for this game. I was saying, yep. I was saying they shouldn't yeah. be playing this game, but it should be fun. It's, I'm hoping so. Yeah, it, it'll be a good time to watch, and hopefully they'll they'll show out and make it a, a circus of some sorts. You know, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, and then. Ant-Man. Ant-Man yammed on Yuta Watanabe last week, or this week, right? This last week? Friday. 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 Yeah. And as you guys have heard us mention before, first first pick in the draft this past year, he is bouncy. The kid gets buckets, and Yuta Watanabe was on the <laughs> – Watanabe, excuse me, was on the wrong end, the receiving end of that, and got thrown through the rim. Yeah. It, it's so funny seeing that, like – I remember last year, John Morant had all these dunks that he kept missing. And that just had all the lead up to what a missed dunk would look like. And to see him so cleanly throw it down and just cock his arm back after the fact, and he kind of falls on him. And, like, 
if the the ball was so close to just like smashing into Utah's face too, like I think that would have been <laughs> top. Oh, that would have been the cherry on top. <laughs> yeah, and then just to top it off with him looking up in <laughs> on the uh, jumbotron and smiling, like he's Watching just such a gen- he's just so genuine with who he is. He's just. I fucking yeah. love Ant Man, dude. I He's... fucking love Ant Man. This is the number one Ant Man stand podcast. We we love him. He is hilarious, and that was the best dunk of the year, right? That was the yam of the year so far. The yam of the last couple of years, like I, it's it's <laughs> yeah. like I said. Usually, that's one that someone misses, and right, yeah, it just the we'll baseline has he to look, and then he just. Mm-hmm. Rose up. Yeah. It's funny too because he's so bouncy and he's what about six five and he's kind of like stocky too. He's he's a pretty mm-hmm. bigger dude and he just flies. So yeah. By the end of the season, we'll do our uh, end of the year awards and uh, yam of the year will be one of them. And I have a feeling that we're going to be coming back talking about Ant Man. If yeah. not this one, I'm sure he'll get another. <laughs> and as you see him today, they asked him a question. He had a little. Uh, it was Presser. an interview. Yeah, his interview pool, and dude starts asking him a question. He had a thick Irish accent on. And Ant Man just goes, "Hey, where you from, bro?" And he's like, "I'm from Ireland." And he goes, "Man, I like that accent. I wish I had that. I want to have an accent like that." Yeah. I forgot I your I question. What are you asking me? Yeah. The best part is when the guy was uh, was asking him the question. You could see like the hamster wheel turning in Ant Man's head, and you could see he wasn't paying attention to like any of the substance, only the voice. He and then like, the smile cool. on his face. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, where are you from? It was fucking great. And as we mentioned before, he's a, he's on our all-viral team, and he's going to continue to have these amazing sound bites all year. I love I also him. find it so funny when people think someone's natural accent is, like, something that's, like, they're lucky to have or, like, they wish they can have. Like, I wish I had that. Like, I want to have something like that. Like, yeah. Everybody where I live has it, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. Um, so yeah, ho- hopefully those keep coming in uh, in bunches because <laughs> they they make me smile and light up my timeline every time. He's also like um, such. A, he's also, the last thing about him. He's also such a student of the game. For someone who had like this rap about him not caring, like his, some of his pressers when they ask him about like how is it going against LeBron or going against Steph, he's like giving very insightful answers, and yes. like he is. He's just great in front of a microphone, whether it's comedy wise or just being a, a player. It's it's a very refreshing personality in the league. And I, I tune exactly. in every time. Yeah. Yes. As we mentioned before, like all these guys are so media trained and he comes in and just shoots from the hip and it's very refreshing. Yeah. To, he's not a dick or anything. He's not rude. No. He's just like, oh, he's answering no every question genuinely. Yeah. It's great. He's very it. genuine. So, yeah, we, we love it. Ant Man's number one. Um, last piece of NBA stuff that I saw, I don't know if you had any more, was Boogie. Boogie Cousins released from the, uh, the Rockets. They came out and said that they want to be playing smaller now that Christian Wood's back, um, and they really don't have a place for him or any minutes for him on this team. Um, they did mention how professional he's been and what a joy he's been to have uh, in the organization. So there's no ill will. There's no shit talking. There's no blackballing. It's just, we don't really have a use for him and we would much rather him go play somewhere else. So Boogie's been released, um, has yet to be picked up early. There was, um, talk about the Lakers maybe going after him, but I believe that they came out or somebody, some sources, uh, came out today 
that they will not be in the boogie sweet stakes. Um, the only team that I heard of that may be in the running to sign him is the Celtics. Yeah. Don't know what you've seen or heard. I was going to say, I thought they were gearing up for a Lakers sign. I don't see why they would. I am glad they kind of sort of like put an end to that. Cause he played for them last year. Didn't play any, like him. He didn't, and, play, any uh, he he didn't play any minutes. Yeah. And then also like, but then again, I saw that they're also, they might be in like the Hassan Whiteside sweepstakes. So like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just feel for Boog. I'm glad it's a mutual or I'm yes. glad that how the Rockets handled it. Um, it's Amicable, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's the first time he's left a team on a good term, I feel like, where the team's <laughs> yeah. like actually pushing for him. Um, excluding like injury riddled years, like the Warriors and sort of the Lakers. But yeah, no ill will there. Yeah, I was just so pumped to see him healthy playing with John Wall. And then I don't know what his stat line has been like this year. It's been okay. And then like Christian Wood is just fucking nasty and I get it. But yeah, I, I wouldn't. I mean, the Celtics, they should pick him up right away. Like they, they need oh, absolutely. big. Um, so I think wouldn't. he'll find a home. He'll find a home. Um, just makes for a more interesting buyout market, a more interesting trade market. Um, their trade deadline. So, yeah, find a home. I mean, he, had, he has <laughs> been playing terrible. Like you mentioned, he's played in 25 games this year. He's They played him 20 minutes a game, about 10 points. Uh, what's he crowd? Like seven and a half rebounds, about a block a game. So he's not playing bad. He handled himself professionally. And I think he's really just like a nice guy to have in the locker room. Yeah, so. he's – I mean, he has his, like, it's kind of like Draymond. It's part of the deal. He's going to exactly. wear his emotions on the court. It's going to get him in trouble. He's going to get ejected. And um, I just think he needs to find a place that gives him an opportunity to produce. I feel like you can't you can't play him over Christian Wood. Like, I don't blame him for not getting minutes. Like, right. <laughs> so he just, he yeah. just needs to find a spot where he can get some run. Um, I'm watching exactly. the game right now, but, like, dude, off the bench in the Nuggets wouldn't be a terrible thing for him. Yeah, unless they want to keep those minutes for Bobo, but it seems like they're really, really taking baby steps with him. I don't think yeah. he's – They're yeah. playing an old boy from Arizona more than him. Uh, Naji, uh, he's like their um, big man they drafted this year. I forget his name, but he's um, okay. Um, I think it's like something with a Z, Naji. Uh, but anyways, uh, find a home, Boog. <laughs> I'm pulling for yeah, you, man. We're pulling for you here at DMP. Big time. I want to see you playing at a high level again. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all I had for hoops. You good with that? I'm I'm satisfied as can be, my friend. Nice. So my, my uh, next topic, <laughs> Cam Newton is in the news again. <laughs> Love to see it. I feel like every time Cam has a any sort of camp, because as much shit people want to talk about Cam, he does give back and he's constantly doing stuff in the community and running these, these seven on seven football camps. And I feel like he's constantly getting caught with somebody's like somebody's filming him and kids are talking big shit to him in this past time. <laughs> I don't know exactly what transpired before the camera came on, but it looked like a group of kids were heckling him. And one kid in, in specifically just kept yelling at him. Like you a free agent, you a free agent. You ass, <laughs> you, ass. <laughs> yeah, you ass, you a free agent. And, and Cam, Handled it uh, like the gentleman that he is. I mean, didn't really talk too much shit to the kid. Pretty much was just like, where's your daddy at? Like, where's your pops? Like, let me let me talk to an adult. Can I talk to your dad? Because 
by all accounts, this kid was like one of the most disrespectful fucks I've ever seen. Like, dude, you're at this guy's camp this, or, you know what I mean? This passing league <laughs> and you're over here talking shit to the guy who's giving back, giving his time to, to coach these teams. So I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. Um, yeah, it just seems this, like Cam keeps getting put on a poster by these high school kids. It started this whole – Cam's got some hilarious just in public moments. Like it just started this whole conversation around fuck the kid or Cam is a scrub by just like writers who hate Cam and vice versa. And it got to a point where I don't – the kid had to write a note saying a pretty yes. extensive apology, which I thought was – I don't know how old the kid was, but could have been older than like 17. Yeah, to, to to bully a kid into making him have to like not saying Cam did it. Cam was just like, he gets Cam it. Did, Cam yeah. actually did not do it because Cam sent out a video of his own to show his side of the story. And yeah. the coach, I guess whoever was coaching that kid that day was trying to make him apologize to Cam again. And Cam was like, nah, man, we're cool. Like we squashed our shit. I'm just asking just talking question. shit. <laughs> what did you do today? You're talking all this shit. What did you do on the field today? And the kid's like, uh, what did you respond with? Like, don't worry about it. Like catch, catch me on my next game. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, classic, oh, obviously uh, you played like shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. But to see him have to come out and like do this whole, like, you know, with what, if he was like, like as if he was like a politician or a professional athlete, like, I was overthinking myself and blah, blah, blah. So like, yeah, he's a kid, man. Let him talk shit. He's, yeah. he's just trying to get it's, viral anyways. It works. Like, exactly. It's sad that this is what the, the world and the internet has come to that. These, <laughs> these young kids have to send out like ridiculous apologies on notes app. It is funny as hell though. Just imagine like, like going to a camp where a professional athlete or like a high profile athlete's like the leader. And you're just like, Man, you fucking stink. Man, <laughs> Thanks for the shoes, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could not imagine. who. Like You went to MJ camp growing up, right? Yeah, it'd be like you, me going to the MJ t- camp and, like, me and my brother just ripping on, like, fucking... Uh, Tayshawn Prince. <laughs> or, <laughs> like, Mike Dunleavy. Like, dude, you stink, man. Yeah. And I feel like today... Meanwhile, signing with, my shirt, like... <laughs> right. I feel like today, especially with, like, the gram and Twitter, people are so much more app to to pull their phone out and talk that shit back then yeah exactly they just want that little bit of internet shine and whatever it is go ahead and give it to them it's all good but yeah i thought that was funny we had to bring it up especially with the apology that was written up too funny yeah man um (laughs) that brings me to golf we had an interesting tournament over the weekend genesis open which is uh hosted by um tiger woods's uh foundation Pretty good tournament. Jordan Spieth has been on a tear lately, so I've been kind of tuning in to see where he finished or, or how he's golfing. Um, I've always been kind of a Spieth fan, and that run that he had back in, what was it, 2015, mm-hmm. was was pretty ridiculous. But he hasn't won in a few years. He's kind of missed the cut on a lot of tournaments. But uh, he threw three days. I think he was tied for fourth is the highest he got, and he was really in contention. And I feel like all bets are off when, when Spieth is, shows up on a Sunday. So I was hoping he was going to make a push. Unfortunately, he did not. He kind of fell out of contention. And eventually, uh, it got down to Max Hama and um, Tony my boy Finau. Tony Fina. Fina, yeah. yes. Tony Fina had an unbelievable day. He shot a 64 on Sunday, came, came from behind. I, I want to say he jumped like five spots in the leaderboard. So he was really hot. It was, it was fun to watch, dude. Like, I'm – I'm a big Tony Finau fan. I've kind mm-hmm. of been rooting for him to get a win. He's never won a major. 
this obviously wasn't a major, but I think he's only has one win on tour um, a few years ago and hasn't really notched a win since. So was hoping that he was going to pull it out, but uh, ended up tied with, with Max Hama, the LA uh, hometown kid. And they did a, a two hole playoff. Um, and uh, fuck, they both kind of gave it away. Um, <laughs> at the end, Max Hama smoked a putt on the playoff and, left the door wide open for Finau and he couldn't hit his last putt. He two putted and they went to the next hole. So it was a bummer um, for everybody that was pulling for Tony, but um, kind of cool to see Max win it too, just cause he's from LA. He's like, a, he's kind of obnoxiously LA. He, he shouted out like the Dodgers and the Lakers and cha- city of champions when he was receiving the, the trophy as he was crying. Oh, um, boy. But <laughs> He talked about how big of a fan he was of Tiger growing up. And he used to go to that tournament as a kid and try to shake Tiger's hand. And he finally was able to meet him and receive the trophy from him. Um, so it was cool. But unfortunately, that kind of brings us to the news that, that broke today. Man. And What's Tiger Woods. Get, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Tiger Woods got in a one-car accident. Um, basically, he drove off a residential road flipped his car and had to be uh, broken out and, and flown to a hospital, I believe flown to the hospital, but he sustained, I think major injuries in his leg, if not both legs. Um, and yeah, he was so in he, surgery today to repair him. He had a compound compound fracture in his leg, shattered ankle. Um, and I think he just broke his other leg, like mm-hmm. just, just terrifying images of the car um yeah it was spooky the 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 photos that tmz had released yeah it's like scary the tmz article of like one one car rollover crash like what they say like in the jaws of life it's just like god yeah they kept they kept putting that term all over the news today that he escaped by the jaws of life or something like that um but yeah it fucking sucks man i when i was watching the sunday um of the Genesis open, they interviewed him obviously because his foundation puts the tournament on and mm-hmm. I didn't think he looked too bad, but people were roasting him on Twitter talking about like how he had the, the puffy face, like, like he had in the past when he got his Dewey. Oh, um, really? Because he, yeah, he just had another back surgery and he's was starting to rehab to come back. And his hope was to be back hopefully by the masters, which is in April, yeah. but um, obviously that's not happening now. And I'm just hoping that he, besides all the injuries he sustained that he's okay with his addiction because when he got that DUI in 2017, he was like badly addicted to prescription pills yeah. for his uh, back because I mean, I couldn't imagine, I'm sure back injuries are the worst and to have, I think this was his fifth surgery on his back. It's, it's just fucking sad, dude. I'm just hoping that there, that didn't play a role in it. I'm sure that it did. Unfortunately, if you crash off of a residential road, that I think the speed limit was like 45 miles an hour. Yeah. I could be wrong, but jamming too. Like obviously I think he was jamming going over the limit. Yeah. Yeah. I think they said that there was no testing for um, blood alcohol level, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't off any prescription pills or anything, but it's been a few a tough few months for tiger. Obviously he's fucked up in the past, but between his latest back surgery um, and that HBO doc that came out about him, I'm sure um it's been pretty tough in his household i couldn't imagine a a documentary like that coming out when you've got kids that are old enough to see it and see the shit that you've done put their mom through 
Yeah. So it's just rough stretch. And I, I'm, I'm glad he's able to, he's going to make it out. Um, like that would have mm-hmm. been terrible to lose tiger. Um, so I'm glad oh he's able God. to like, yeah, dude. So, um, as if these last two years haven't been bad enough, lose another like legend of the sport would be yeah. uh, devastating to see Especially him win just the, after the 2019 the masters. masters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was huge on, on what we thought was going to be like a tiger comeback tour. And he's always kind of chased the, the Jack Nicholson majors, um, record of 18. He's got 15. So a lot of people were hoping that he would rehab this last back one and rip off three more before he's done. But I don't know now I'm sure he will. I mean, nobody's tougher than Tiger. He really does have like a high tolerance for pain and all that. And he's motivated and driven. Um, so hopefully he's able to come back and compete again, but I mean, nothing's promised. So we'll see. Yeah. And, and it's almost like if it's going to lead him to more surgeries, more like if it's, you know, pain pills, prescription pills, that's the cause. Like, yeah, I just wanted to be healthy. <laughs> like, I, just, I don't want to go. Yeah. I, yeah. Just I want if that's to what he's going to have to do to play. Yeah, his kid was sick in that tournament up. a couple years a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Charlie, he's he's yeah. nasty, dude. And I, I I'm sure he's got a daughter too, Sam. Who they both really need him. I'm hoping that he can just get back and and just be a functioning father above yeah. all else, you know. Totally. totally. So, so, praying for Tiger. Hopefully, he's able to rehab and come back and, and live a healthy life. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll leave uh, that somber note there and move on to something a little more fun yeah so uh are you are you catching a new york fitted on on your screen right now what's that bobby bobby schmerta has been released has been released from prison after doing a seven-year bid some big news right now welcome home schmerta bobby bitch welcome home (laughs) schmerta yes welcome home schmerta boy himself (laughs) yes did a seven-year bid for, I believe, conspiracy to murder, which isn't great, but uh, kept his mouth shut, didn't didn't tattletale or snitch on his friends, took a longer sentence to get his uh, his boy and his buddy, uh, Rowdy Rebel, to get a lesser sentence, and now he's home, and, and everyone in the, the hip-hop and especially New York community is welcoming him home with open arms, and I believe Quavo flew on a private plane to go pick him up and yeah. give him some bands right when he got a... Uh, out of the penitentiary and man, and I'm excited for Bobby to yeah, <laughs> maybe load it up a PJ with some, with some women, but I'm hoping that uh, he starts putting out some sick music again. Cause when he had his little run in 2014, he was the young King of New York and he man. was making shit moves. So. <laughs> Welcome home, Bobby. <laughs> Welcome home, Bobby. That dance will forever be just, it's never not going to be a hitter. Just <laughs> yeah. money once you dances. hear the yeah, once you hear the beat drop from Hot, you you know yeah. what's <laughs> you know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> also, Sneaky that- <laughs> has one of the best uh, like studio preview videos ever of his uh, Bobby bitch. He was oh. filmed in the studio with Rowdy and going going bananas in the studio. And one of my favorite sneak peek videos of all time. If you haven't I seen listen, it, look I listened to that song today and like the song doesn't even do that video any justice for how hard that video is. Oh no. The, the 20 second video snippet is you think that it's going to be like the best song of all time. It's a yeah. decent song, but that snippet is unbelievable. It just bangs. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it'll, a great, I'll one. be, it'll be interesting to see how Bobby comes out. Like it's been so long since he had some jams and <laughs> I would love for him to be the same type of music from 2014, just different versions of Bobby Bitch and Hot Boy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the type of music he makes. So you got to stick to what you know. I don't want to hear him 
Don't be saying come out with an album <laughs> talking about fucking what he learned in prison and all that. No, g- give me the GS9 shit talking. That's that's yeah. what we all want to hear. But I'll be still worried. a young dude. He, he's only 26. <laughs> so I think he's got a long uh, career ahead of him if he stays out of trouble. So <laughs> absolutely. Bobby's home. <laughs> um, I think. Yeah. What else do you got for trending? Is that it? Good. That's a lot, man. That's all I got. I, uh, I'm sure I'm missing stuff just given like we literally got on the phone yesterday to recap what we're going to talk about and 15 things happened since. So I'm sure we're missing something, but we got some busy news on the back end. So Mm -hmm. you want to go ahead and uh, introduce our next segment? Yeah. So we're trying to just keep not recycling, but just trying different things and Fresh. One of the things that's going to sort of tease a later part of this pod, but I just had a random thought that I wanted to share. Mm. So, hit me. Do you remember the Tupac hologram at Coachella? I do. That was the first of its kind. People went crazy yeah. over that hologram. So, my thought is like, will they ever do that again? And, and why haven't people do it? The only other hologram I remember is since then is Kanye West doing Kim Kardashian's dad. And for something for, that was just for her like, birthday, yeah, like you just married the most amazing person in the world, Kim. I'm so proud of you. Um, yeah, he made her dad call him a genius right before they got divorced. <laughs> what a, what unbelievable! A uh, but unbelievable like, gift by Kanye. I just feel like for the longest time, everybody was like, "All right, who's the next hologram? Who's the next hologram?" And I'm kind of glad no one else has tried to do it again because, like, I'm not trying to see. I think the Tupac one was perfect, and so I'm just. Do they ever do seen, another one? I think I've only seen one other one, and it, I believe, uh, I forget what show it was, but I believe a Nate Dog one was done. Which oh, they did a would, Nate Dog one. I think so, which would be kind of fucking sick. But as you mentioned, yeah. I don't think they've really done many after that. Yeah, no, it's, it it just kind of came across my de- my chat my head uh, earlier. So I love it. If we're if we're talking random thought, I got a random thought alert. I was. Uh, talking uh, a couple days ago about how much I miss traveling and how much COVID sucks dick. And one of the things, <laughs> one of the things I thought about is, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but one of the best feelings I think is traveling or flying uh, rather with no luggage. And I've only done it. I want to say once, I think you and uh, a couple people were driving to San Diego and I had to work. So I caught a flight to meet you guys, but I gave you my luggage to take. Mm. So I went on the plane, like a fucking air marshal with no luggage. And (laughs) it was unbelievable. You feel so untethered and you don't have to like struggle about motherfuckers in front of you, like standing up, uh, stealing all the, the, the cabin space. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, COVID will be, over soon and i can hopefully fly with no luggage again because it's one of my favorite random feelings ever i don't think i've ever done it before the closest i've done is just like checking or uh yeah checking my bag and just walking on with the backpack but i'm sure it's a very that's a good one too but like going commando you're just fucking free balling it out <laughs> exactly not having not a care to, 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 yeah it's unbelievable. i'm out there not jerry having, <laughs> yeah you get your stands on not having to go to the baggage claim and not having anything with you and just walking around, you feel like you stole something, like you beat the system. So that's my uh, my random thought alert for the week. <laughs> I got to try that. <laughs> I think everybody needs to try it. I highly recommend. Just only buy clothes on the destination. Just buy all right. the <laughs> I, 
fun, fun fact, I, I believe uh, I've been told that J.R. Smith actually does that or used to do that, that when he would go to different cities, when they'd be on a road trip, he would not bring luggage. He would only buy clothes and then he would leave them in the hotel when he was done. <laughs> Fucking animal. So me and J.R. Smith really know how to know how to do it. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. That's I mean, that's what you would expect from J.R. Smith, though. Yeah. Respectfully. Uh, but next thing we got is uh, last week, me and AB reached out to uh, our lovely listeners and asked for some input on what we should talk about. If you guys had any questions or any topics that would be fun or good for the show. And man, we had an overwhelming response. Um, it was great. You got a bunch. I got a bunch. You guys sent them to the DMP socials and um, more than we can talk about in one episode, but we rounded up a, a few of, of them and, and uh, we're ready to talk about um, new topics. Yeah. So this is going to be a not a every week segment but something that we'll sort of do every from now and then so the mailbag is always open or the grab bag whatever you want to call it so if you ever have questions or things you want us to discuss fire away we'll put in a nice little uh notepad and then when we don't have a shit ton of things to talk about we'll add them to the back of some episodes a little mailbag time so um yes. we got some good ones we got some lengthy ones so um i'm just gonna jump yeah. into it and start with our first question um so this one's from the three friends go criterion which is a uh, great podcast yes. you guys should all listen to yeah uh, shout out my cousins mickey and alberto who do that pod they came up with a fire question for this week yeah so their question is draft an all-star group of rappers to do an entire album together not necessarily a favorite list just artists you think would go well together and don't forget your producer um this is one where we will choose our own you and i so i'll let you do mm -hmm. the honors to start it out oh man all right so this one i i kind of struggled with this this is a, a sweet question but i i was going back and forth on like do i come up with an album that would be like more commercially successful or just something that i want to listen to so obviously i'm a selfish prick and i went with what i think um would make the best album to me so as far as um rappers go me and you said we we're going to pick three three artists and a producer so my three artists will be larry june um currency and um sir michael rocks from the cool kids <laughs> <laughs> my producer for this Fuck. is none other than cardo aka cardo got wings um mm -hmm. most notably from i think he produced most of like cushion orange juice uh that early whiz mixtape that's so heralded um he produced like goosebumps from travis scott vice city from uh black hippie did he really um yeah laugh now cry later that drake record he did that one um, cardo's got wings yeah he did uh, wedding crashers <laughs> yeah so one of our pod's favorites all the all the homies know how much we overplayed that in 2016 wedding crashers he did a full mixtape with them called crashers got wings that is heavy in the dmp rotation um, <laughs> he also did a couple tracks off that random um album that kendrick released in like 2016 untitled unmastered he okay. did uh i think he did the second track on that that starts off with like the hip hip Hooray. yeah damn i so didn't know Car cardo did a lot of that shit yeah cardo makes fucking sick beats uh a lot of player shit is talked on his beats which is probably some of my favorite stuff to listen to um and i enlisted my favorite uh rapper to talk that kind of shit larry june um he 
work speaks for itself. Guy puts out a fucking mixtape like every other month. All bangers. He crazy beat selection. A lot of it is Cardo. Uh, but he, he works a lot with currency. Currency again is just gonna make that like funny, sick, like high music. They, they yeah. work real well together. They've Playing done a bunch of tracks games, together. So. Spaghetti, you know. <laughs> yeah. Playing with your son's video games, that kind of shit. Um, so they work a bunch together. They already have the chemistry built in. And Sir Michael Rocks is just somebody that I love as far as like his cool kids stuff and his solo stuff too. He he's kind of the same where he he's just talking shit on the record. And yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Sir Michael Rocks. What do you think? I like that a lot. I feel like with you can get a lot of like Larry June's like singing type, and you know, mm-hmm. oh, oh. yeah, like that hook. shit, like that. Right. And then like, obviously, currency is gonna come out. They work well together, and I feel like Sir Michael Rocks plays in the same like player shit mentality. Where exactly, <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm a huge fan of Sir Michael Rocks, so I, I I really like that. And obviously, you can't go wrong with Cardo. He just makes like the same type. Those just those like Larry June current day uh, beats by him are just you can just put that on and just float and. For those of you who don't know who Larry June is, he is the guy who we opened up our first episode with. Um, yes, SLA. prominent San Francisco rapper. He's really uh, taking the city by storm right now. Really good fucking job, killing the game. Yeah, good job. Healthy. All that good shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, sir, I don't think a lot of people know Mikey Rocks as far as like his solo stuff. Um, but I feel like everybody should know Cool Kids, right? Yeah, if you listen to any sort of like hip-hop you know like five-ish years ago he's he, you, you probably know who, who the cool kids are if not michael rocks so yep so yeah that's that's my uh my hip-hop album i love it um, <laughs> mine's pretty expected but uh i got a trio of thug wheezy and future produced by metro Boomin. Mm. Um, oh my god yeah that one i just feel like i had to do i was like who do i start with it was a toss up between thug and future um and i sort of just interchanged a whole bunch of people with that but i just feel like with the way they all sort of i'm not gonna say current day wayne i'll probably say like post like his like drought days wayne so like not just hard rapping but a little bit of autotune um current future Mm -hmm. current thug i just think that they would just make an 18 track metro produced album and you would just play it every day all day um yes everybody knows it would also yeah it would also have like some of the sickest intros on uh on the tracks too because you'll get the the classic um metro booming tag and then you'll also get the the wheezy lighter flick yeah yeah (laughs) the legendary classic (laughs) yeah if young metro don't trust you he's gonna shoot you and then you'll get the (laughs) yeah i had an honorable mention um it was a uh Bronson Wiz and Larry June over Harry Fraud beats. Oh wow, that would be unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, but, that's a really good one. I like that. Yeah, that will sound like a late ad that I just had to like. I had to stick to my true ones with the with those three, but I feel like a Bronson Wiz and uh, Larry June would be a fire one. I'd pay a lot of money to hear that. <laughs> um, my runner-up uh, was a Lil Wayne Hove three stacks produced by the Neptunes. I thought that would be a kind of a fun, interesting one too. Obviously not current day Hove. I don't want to hear him talk about like Picasso or Hebrew Brantley's and shit like that. Yeah. I want to hear him talking about like Drake. (laughs) Yeah. No, I want to hear Hove talking about like moving Coke. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the hope that I enjoy. So I fuck with that. <laughs> yeah. But thank you to uh, Three Friends Criterion Fire uh, question. We had a lot of fun researching that one. Yeah. Next question. This is from uh, a good friend, Jack Dizza, co-founder of the Anthems app. Um, mm-hmm. Build your own festival. You get to pick one up and comer for a daytime act, one act in their prime for a sunset set, and one legendary act past their prime for a headliner. Um, I also want to know which festival venue you would choose. This has to be something that has not already been used. Um, that's a great, great question. question. Yeah. Um, I'll kick this one off. I feel like yeah, you get it. So I'm going to set the stage with the um, venue first. And okay. I don't know where, just because I, I haven't been there enough, but my venue location is going to be Central Park. So similar to sort of out, outside lands. Um, in New York. Find a pocket in New York, Central Park. Um, this will be in like perfect fall time, New York. So just like still kind of warm, but not mad humid. Mm-hmm. And my um, daytime act is St. John, who is a, uh, I don't know how you describe his music, but he's kind of ratchet kind of uh in like a in like a sweet way almost <laughs> yeah like a sweet ratchet he's probably best known for that techno versions that techno song roses um but that's not even his like that's his song just mixed up by some dude but i feel like he'd be a fire ass like daytime set um st john's tight he would be he's got some bangers at a festival he's got some yeah. bangers um isn't he he's also from new york with like uh oh is he mm-hmm he does that song where it's like something with the soda water. Isn't that him? Uh, Ter- terrible uh, uh, thing to <laughs> try to tell you, but yeah, I think that's him. He probably is. <laughs> I, yeah. I probably know. My bad. <laughs> you know exactly uh, what song I'm talking about. I'll, I'll text yeah. it to you later. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and then my... Um, so I was I trying to go something... It could be, dude. He is like, it's soda water. I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that one. <laughs> oh, I say um, no, we're good. The uh, the sunset set. I was trying to go something a little bit more calm. You know, I've always had some fun at a slower, you know, you're slowing down the day a little bit. Sun's going down golden hour. Um, I'm picking someone in their prime. I don't know if it's necessarily his prime yet, but I'm, I'm really digging his shit. I'm going with Giveon, who is a uh, R&B singer. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Have you heard of him? Yeah, Giveon's yeah. tight. He's got a very unique R&B voice. He's got some bangers. Um, I feel like he would set the stage for a good night. You know, I wanted to mix it up and not just be like all hip hop. So um, yeah. had to have to my boy given there. You never know who he'll bring out. He might bring out Drake to do Chicago freestyle. That'd be tight. That would be tight. Um, but yeah, I fucks with Giveon. And then finally, for my legendary um, past their prime headliner, my headliner act. Um, I'm in Central Park. I'm going Diddy. Um, oh wow! I think I think Diddy can pull a Dr. Dre type uh, show, where he promotes a bunch of fucking newer people, older people he used to fuck with. Bring out some Mace, bring out some uh, fucking Mario Winans, bring out one any pretty much anybody from Bad Boy, and Danny King. My, Danny King, dude, bring out the band, <laughs> bring out Danny <laughs> Kane. Oh, don't get me started. Twenty six. Yeah, yeah, so I think Diddy would be a fire one. Like he still has his own bangers, like the D, oh, the, the D. Yeah, the D. for sure. Like, I think he would be fucking fire. And then what boy brought me to my brought me to my random thought alert was 
Biggie hologram. I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of Biggie lately. And oh, wow. Um, I think that he'd be a be fire sick. set in Central Park. And uh, nice hologram, Coogee. Yeah, big old fat. <laughs> yes. uh, but yeah, that's my uh, sweet. That's my festival. I don't know I, what I call it. I love it. I would, I would buy the uh, AB a Palooza. AB a Palooza. <laughs> I would. I'd buy the presale to that. I would the Eager Beaver. I would VIP. <laughs> you fucking name yeah. it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Souvenir cups, <laughs> <laughs> lanyards. Yeah, great. <laughs> I love that. That's we festival. Um. So mine, I guess, going in the same order that you did. Uh, I picked my venue. I kept it close to home. Um, it obviously would have to be retrofitted for the show, but um, I picked Alcatraz. Oh. Uh, we're going to have to get people on a bunch of boats and, and boat them over to the venue, but hopefully a nice, uh, be sick. Say, maybe like a, a September, late September show where the, where the, the weather's kind of nice in the city. You're on the water, obviously. So I'm, I'm picking Alcatraz. I think that would be fucking sick. Kind of haunted and fun and spooky. <laughs> but uh, Alcatraz is going to be my venue. I know that there has not been a festival there, which is good. Um, and my up-and-coming opener for the daytime, he's kind of been around for a while, but he's not huge. Um, he does, like, make music with some some bigger names. But I'm going Sir, a.k.a. Inglewood Sir. Yeah. Um, R&B type vibe um but does a lot of songs with different rappers um fucks with uh with tde a lot uh he is in tde excuse me um but yeah i'm a huge fan of sir kind of got into him i don't know four or five years ago um but yeah he's he's got i feel like would be the perfect kind of music to to kind of vibe out to during the daytime between like uh the evils he's got a, a couple great songs with like anderson pack off of his uh EPs, her too, um, West Side Boy, all that. So I'm going with Sir. I fuck. I love Sir. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Sir is great. I, I really want to see him live. I think he'd be amazing. Fun fact: his brother won the uh, reality Netflix show. What's the show called? You're a big fan of that one. Uh, the rapper's name with is Chance D the Smoke. Rapper. Yeah, D Smoke. Right. And the show was Cardi B. Fuck, what was that show? Cricket. Forget the name of the show, but it was with a Cardi B chance, and I believe T.I. were the judges, right? <laughs> T.I. was so fucking annoying in that show, man. <laughs> of course, T.I. is just saying every word in the dictionary while he's critiquing someone's performance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the guy who won that competition, his brother is Sir. Um, and yeah, Sir's been around for a minute, makes great music. Um, so yeah, I'm picking Sir as my daytime opener. And for my prime sunset act, Sir is kind of more of a chill vibe. So I feel like I got to kick it up a notch. Um, so I'm going Tyler, the creator. Ooh. I think that would be a, a fun um, prime person. Uh, he makes kind of all different kinds of music when he was young. He used to really make like the hyper, very disrespectful Yonkers. type shit as far as, <laughs> yeah, Yonkers. And, um, yeah, but, but like his last album that he put out, Igor, was pretty much all singing. I don't think he rapped on it, right? Definitely not in his own voice, his raspy yeah, ass voice. Barely any. Right. And if anybody's seen like his uh tiny desk, like he he's really fucking talented. So yeah. I would love to see a Tyler um performance. I think you could bring like the perfect energy to bring it up a notch. Mm -hmm. Um and then my legendary headliner at the sunset, you know who I'm going with. 
I'm bringing out Charlie Wilson and the and what's <laughs> left of the Gap Band. <laughs> sure. <laughs> It, it obviously flows well Twiddly because yeah, I, need, I need the, the Uncle Charlie Tweedledees. He makes music with Tyler, the creator. It's kind of perfect. He can bring him back out for his set. He fucks with everybody. He'll bring out Snoop. He'll bring out Will <laughs> I Am. He'll bring out Timberlake. He'll have all these guests. And then him and his brother can perform all the, uh, all the Gap Hand hits. Uh, so, you know, outstanding. You dropped a bomb on me. Uh, you name it, burn rubber on me. Fucking early in the morning, they're gonna play all those jams, all those hits. Obviously, he's way past his prime, but I don't know who doesn't like. If you don't like Uncle Charlie, call me up and we can fight because I think Charlie Wilson is unbelievable and the Gap Band is even better. Hey girl, how you doing? My name is Charlie. Charlie <laughs> last name Wilson. Yeah, so that's my shit. I'm going with yeah. Uncle Charlie. I listen to him a good amount now probably more than I should. My, my parents, especially my pops was big into the gap band. Big so, gap band. Yeah. My dad's big <laughs> on the gap band. So I love gap band. Always, always have always listened to them, stole a bunch of my parents' vinyls. So I have a bunch of the, the kind of like vintage gap band vinyl that I still listen to. Um, and yeah, like I said, he, he's done like uh perfect and uh, fucking young. He's featured on that song with Tyler. So he can bring Tyler back out and they'll do that. And he also does background vocals on Earthquake. So that's like Tyler's biggest hit. They can share the stage. I think it'd be great. At least that's, the, that's the, the festival that I want to see. Was it um, the BET Awards? They did like a Lifetime Tribute. Achievement for him. That was fire. Yes. Just and replicate I'm that. telling everyone now, <laughs> pause this, this episode of this podcast and go to YouTube and type in Charlie Wilson BET Achievement Performance. Unbelievable. When him and Timberlake are doing the dance. <laughs> and Pharrell and Snoop, and they're all out there. And it's, man, I don't know. How yeah. old is Charlie Wilson? He's up there. Because yeah, he's been around making 70. music since the 70s. And he's I believe he had kind of a rough life as far as, I think he went broke at one time and had really bad addiction. But yeah, he's 68 now, still performing. Unbelievable. So yeah, Charlie Wilson, Sunset Act. Just a player. He's going to fucking shut it down. Yep. Yeah. So I had a fantastic time researching uh this one so big shout out to jacko um from anthems for for suggesting Dizzo. this time mm-hmm. um next question from uh plantain poppy plantain poppy asks what are your thoughts on nav the navigator in the hip-hop community obviously his features and who he associates with aka gunna metro ovio travis scott meek mill etc He's well-respected. He gets his cheddar and he puts fire music out. But my circle of close friends and people I've seen on the internet despise him. I'm very, I'm very passionate for my brown boy, Nav. Um, this is a question for you and I to discuss. Um, yeah, I think we specifically fall into the group that hate on Nav, for sure. Yeah, that was, that was definitely directed at us. Because <laughs> I rip yeah, on that every chance I get. <laughs> yeah, I think we go out of our way to talk shit about Nav. Yeah, but I can say some nice, nice things about Nav. You know, I'll let you Nav. Start. I could probably select ten songs by the Nav, and that I could that I like. Most of them are him featured on other people's songs. Um, I mean, he's got you know, per the question, he's he's always featured with with good artists, good songs. Um, he's got his, his one song with Little Baby that just came out. Don't need friends is pretty fire. Um, mm-hmm. He's on that song Yosemite, where he sounds like he's like fifteen Fire feet song. from the fifteen feet from the microphone. 
they actually fixed that. Travis Scott and Mike Dean went, went back oh. in and tweaked it, and, and he's, he's got a, a louder uh, vocal on that now. Great song. I'm all about that. Him and Gunna. He's like 20 <laughs> feet from the fucking mic. Yeah. Um, as an artist in whole and as a whole, um, he stinks. Um, I don't know how he has. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know how he has the the features that he gets. Um, I don't know if it's an OVO thing, a Toronto thing. Um, his lyrics are not great. His voice is like corny sounding, but yeah, he's, he's got, got a lot of metro beats. Like, monotone corny voice and he just kind of sings about like popping pills like like yeah yeah not not my necessarily my cup of tea but uh reading this question kind of led me to go on a little nav uh deep dive at least read his wikipedia all the way through and so that's what i did and found some things about nav uh, i didn't realize that he co-produced back to back back in uh, 2015 the drake song and that's kind of like uh... one of one of his biggest like foot in the door moments i think that's mm-hmm. right around the time he released uh his big first hit myself right i think that's like his big big one that yeah. jumped him off yeah um and that's when he got he had that song with the weekend too he had the song with the weekend too yeah well with the weekend signed him to exo so yeah he's, he, okay. he's on the weekend's label um and then he was featured on beebs in the trap and he produced it on that uh travis album and mm-hmm. that whole uh birds in the trap sing mcknight album is fire big mm-hmm. big fan of that one i like that song too so i'm giving Given Nav uh, pluses right now on producing back to back and producing Beeps in the Trap. However, in uh, 2017, Nav faced some backlash for uh, the constant use of the N word in his songs. And he is mm. clearly not black. He is, I believe, of uh, is it Indian descent? I don't want to misspeak. Um, uh, I believe so. And he's from Canada, but he's, uh, excuse me, he is a. Uh, yeah, Navraj yes. Singh Garaya, Canadian rapper. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, so. He, he got he pretty much got called out for for constantly using the N word in every one of his songs, and he was just like, "Hey man, where I'm from in Canada, we all use that word. My white boys use it. I use it. Mexicans use it. It's like, all right, pal. Well, <laughs> you can't be using that here in America. So right. Uh, uh, he, I think he kind of like agreed to not not say anymore in his songs. <laughs> So he got, he got his pass back. Um, and then he came out, uh, he was really salty that he didn't make the, the freshman double XL uh, cover in 2018. <laughs> and he like was ripping double XL on all his social media platforms about like, how did you not put me on this? This is crazy. This is a joke. Fuck your, uh, your platform. So Nab's a little bit salty. Um, he also did an interview with Pitchfork where he talked about how sad he is that he doesn't have more fame and that when he pulls up to Delilah in his Ferrari truck, nobody notices him or takes photos of him. So (laughs) what a scrub. (laughs) Yeah. So what I gathered from all this, I'm making, I don't know, interesting comparison to me. Nav is the music Rudy Gobert, in my opinion, he's crying because he didn't make the all-star game. He's done a few good things. As far as, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert is a defensive player of the year. Nav has uh, produced Beebs in the Trap and Back to Back, which are obvious bangers. But, I mean, they cry when the lights come on and and they're salty about not getting the accolades that they want. So that's where I'm leaving this one. Nav is Rudy Gobert and stinks. He's like the rich kid who's like, hey, everybody come to my house. Like, I'm having a party. I got all these drinks and drugs and party and party favors and massive right. house. People just run through his shit. Yeah. And he's Metro like, Uzi yeah. comes, Gunna yeah. comes, Lil Uzi Vert comes. But then yeah. 
yeah, that's it. <laughs> they don't get, they don't invite him places. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's not getting on their album. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, thank you, Pride and Poppy. That was fun to read through. I as much as I dislike Nav, I didn't know all that about him. And shout out yeah. to him. He, he did uh, graduate with an audio production and engineering degree. So yeah, at least he knows got, what he's doing on that end. Behind the yeah. boards, he's, he's got some talent. Yeah, stick behind the boards, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll never not laugh at uh, Mick, man, making fun of him on Yosemite. <laughs> How far away is he from the mic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Next question from our, our good friend, Jill. Jill asks, Matt, what's your favorite breakfast sandwich? Could be in uh, San Francisco or around the mm-hmm. world. And then um, AB, what's your favorite burger in SF? Um, so I'll, I'll, mine's probably pretty quick. My favorite burger in SF is Coswell's. It is a um, burger spot in the marina on Chestnut Street. Um, I think I saw a... Uh, one of those random like best burgers in the country list a couple months ago. And it was like oh, top shoot. 10. Um, it's right up my alley for the types of burgers, two patties, two cheeses, um, onion, lettuce, mayo. Very good. Um, so good burger. if you haven't would, been to would Coswell's. You, would you agree that it's like a, a gourmet dirty burger? Is that fair? Uh, not, not in the sense of like, it's not good as in like, it's, it's almost like a gourmet sloppy burger. Yeah. It's super rich. Cause it's like, it's, it's right. usually like the thin smash patties. Um, and right. that's kind of what so I was like, getting at. Yeah. It's, it's rich as hell. It's rich as hell. Um, I prefer that to like a big ass, like thick burger patty. Um, mm. like I, there's only one gourmet burger that I really fuck with and that's from spruce. Um, but yeah, Coswell's, I don't get it often, but Coswell's is, is probably my favorite in the city. Good burger for sure. Um, yeah, I've labeled myself a, a egg sandwich connoisseur. Um, <laughs> and so my favorite places, uh, they're all in the city, to grab an egg sandwich, which was a constant routine every uh, Saturday morning, hungover, walking over to get something to eat in the morning. Sunday um, too. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Should have mentioned that. Um, but yeah, I, I got three of them, but, but one of them is my absolute favorite. Another cafe in Knob Hill makes a really good... Um, breakfast sandwich very very like simple and plain i'll usually get it on a bagel just a classic bacon egg and cheese they do it really well be prepared to catch an attitude from the girls behind the counter (laughs) as good as the sandwiches are if you ask for like a cup of ketchup on the side they'll give you the the evil eyes um, and direct you outside but fantastic um breakfast sandwich number two for me would have to be confections in the mission it's a it's a really awesome little bakery um, I used to work a couple blocks away. One of my favorite things, like a little treat every now and then, if I was uh, good with my diet, <laughs> about once a month, I'd go grab a breakfast sandwich from them. And they do it on a biscuit, which usually I'm more of a bagel sandwich kind of guy, but they make the biscuits in-house and they have a really good aioli that they put on them. And if you know one thing about breakfast sandwiches, you got to have a fire aioli. So confections, number two on my list. And the goat of all breakfast sandwiches in the city, ask anybody you know that houses these things. Devil's Teeth Bacon Co. in the city in the sunset. Unbelievable breakfast sandwich. If you haven't had one, you got to go get it. They also put it on a biscuit. Um, and it's just, it's egg, bacon, pepper jack cheese. They make their own lemon, garlic, aioli, and what? avocado. What? And it is an unbelievable breakfast sandwich. They wrap it in foils. So you know it's good. And it's great. Don't get there too late. You'll run into a line because it's very, very popular in the sunset. Mm. But Devil's Teeth Baking Co. 
get the breakfast sandwich. That's my number one. God damn. I've never heard of this place. Wow. It's kind of, I mean, if you're not really living in the sunset, it's kind of a bother to go there, but this is definitely worth going out of your way. I mean, it, yeah, fuck, I need to go here soon. Um, <laughs> you, man, you gotta, you gotta make the trip. It's worth it. The bacon, egg, and cheese is so, so easy to fuck up, especially mm-hmm. in my places that just do like these like microwaved eggs, you big the egg. Oh, and microwave. <laughs> it's some and flimsy ass bacon. bacon too. Yeah. yeah, get out of my face with both of that. So or the, they yeah, just make the bagel. Confections. Just, yeah. Yeah. Devil's teeth and uh, <laughs> confections are kind of similar as when they're both in a biscuit, but I think uh, devil's teeth kind of outdoes them with that lemon garlic aioli. Something special, you know? I need to up my aioli game because I'm looking at pictures right now. This place looks fucking fire. It's very so, good. Adding that to the list. Yes. ASAP. And Jill, if you haven't been, check it out. Go to Devil's Teeth. <laughs> Maybe we'll go together. Jill. <laughs> yeah. You'll make me later, Jill. <laughs> and happy belated, by the way. Yes, sir. Happy belated. Uh, next question. This is from uh, the great Jambino. Jambino asks, what are some movies or TV shows that had endings you couldn't stand? And how would you do them differently? Um, I feel like this is one we can go on forever. So um, I'm assuming this question stems from the endings of game of thrones um i personally watched that recently for the second time i'm not going to spend my time answering that question um i think on your side the sopranos um uh, but i figured it'd be yeah, great it wasn't to sort my of, favorite yeah but i think we wanted to hear something a little bit less obvious so um you picked a movie that we can both talk about why don't you tell people what movie was yeah um instantly when when uh the great champion said this one Two things came to my mind: TV show Dexter. Um, we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about that one, but that ending <laughs> big time stunk. Um, but the movie that popped in my head that I hated the ending the most, but loved the rest of the movie was The Town, um, yes. with Ben Affleck, Jeremy Renner. Unbelievable movie. John Hamm played the <laughs> FBI agent. It takes place in Boston. Quotes for days. All you care about is Coke and Xbox. Like unbelievable movie. <laughs> Who's like, I need you to come with me. We're going to hurt some people, but you, you can't say anything. Oh, whose car are we taking? It's, it's just the perfect quotable movie. I'm trying to make it sound authentic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with such a dog shit ending. In the end, they go, they rob Fenway Park. Um, it was like one of the biggest heists they've ever done for Fergie from the flower shop. He, he makes them do this for him. He's got their nuts. And uh, <laughs> most of the crew gets murdered. Uh, Jeremy Renner gets killed by uh, John Hamm and the police at the end. Goes out like a fuck true you. savage that he is. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Drinks the, the fountain soda for his last meal. Goes out and they just take him out. And Ben Affleck uh, writes a letter to his girl Claire, the banker that he initially robbed in the beginning of the movie and then grew close to. And writes her a letter. She tricks the FBI. They think he's coming to get her, but he dips escapes to florida he buries a, a duffel of cash in uh, the community garden that he took her to she digs it up finds the letter and then they flash to him on some like fucking bus. dock in florida with like a beard and and he's staring off in the sunset saying like we'll meet again someday and it was yeah. the softest most bullshit ending to such a great movie 
I think we both can agree it, it did not do the movie justice. Yeah, I didn't hate sort of like the idea of how the movie should end, but just the way they went about it is such an Affleck, like, softy <laughs> ending. Like, yeah, the fucking orange in the duffel bag. The, oh, he's in Florida. The, their little their little cute thing, like when he calls her on the phone, he's, it's just one of those cloudy days. And John Hamm. And one of those like, sunny days. Yeah, John Hamm's like, oh, you're full of shit, lady. And then puts a little yeah. fuck you with sign on his uh, windshield. Yep. And then he's just like he's just like dressed up as a bus driver and and he's doing like his um it's like almost like the end of Shawshank when uh <laughs> Dufresne's on like the boat in uh Mexico. It's like he's just like co- retired pretty much. Like you're still in America, <laughs> yeah. dude. You rob the bank, they'll, the fuck, they'll fucking find you, dude. So I thought you that was Doug ass. McCray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think like just given the the relationship between him and the and the girl. I think they should have, regardless, found a way to get down to Florida. Um, I just don't like the way they set it up. I don't like the way they went about it. It, it just irked me. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but when I was reading up on this thing, just trying to figure out like a better way to end it, I stumbled on the extended um, alternate ending on YouTube. Have you seen this? No, I didn't know that. But I'm, I love how they so made the it. Movie- <laughs> Yeah, the movie came out in, I think, 2010. And I don't know how I've gone 11 years without even hearing or seeing this alternate ending. And let me tell you, it's unbelievable. So the way the alternate ending goes is, if you remember in the beginning of the movie, Claire tells Doug McRae, oh, some guys in the neighborhood, like, threw some bottles at me. And so Doug and Jeremy Renner, Ben Affleck and Jeremy Renner, go to these guys' apartments and beat the fuck out of them. And Jerry Re- Jeremy Renner shoots the guy in the knee twice. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, when, that's when he's saying, oh, we're going to go hurt some people and you who can't ask me any him. questions. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they go to this guy's house who was throwing bottles at his precious Claire and they beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> so in the ending of this movie, <laughs> Ben Affleck goes to get into his car to escape. And who's waiting for him in front of his car is the, the three Puerto gaps. Ricans that he shot in the kneecap and they have somewhat of a standoff and these guys pretty much just end him, shoot him with, I don't know, maybe they put like 10 to 15 bullets on him and the movie ends with Ben Affleck just getting murdered. That's like, that's like Denzel going out on training day. Just like, exactly. <laughs> and I feel it, like with a, with a movie like that, that's like gotta be one of the only ways you can end it. Yeah. And what it would made it better would be like, if somehow the Puerto Ricans were tied up with Fergie, and somehow oh, Fergie started. I missed it. They were. Oh, shit. <laughs> then I, they were like, oh, yeah, g- give us the, the money. And he, and he hands over the, the duffel, but it doesn't have the dough in it because he buried it already for Claire. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I don't know uh, what, what Fergie told you, but I got no cash. And he, he gives him like a, a rubber band full of 10 grand. This yeah. is all I got. Let me get in my car. You'll never see me again. And yeah. Like, yeah, fucking right. And blowing <laughs> him up with lead. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. One of those moves. And it was a fantastic ending. I wish they would have put that in the original movie. And like never I don't think me and you could. <laughs> yeah, when he's writing them. So, yeah, I don't think we could have wrote it any better, to be honest. I feel like we have to leave it on that note. Yeah, I, I would agree with that ending. Um, I like how I'm assuming John Hamm had a similar going out with trying to get Claire and she dupes him with the I sunny think- day. I think this takes place like instead of her digging up the money, like it cuts right there and goes to this. 
So she already like pulls the the wool over John Ham's eyes. Ben yeah. Affleck thinks he's gone, thinks he's going to Florida, but no, he gets hunted down and gets his ass capped. Puerto Ricans always win, man. They always know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I, it made me happy. If you haven't seen that on YouTube, check it out. The town alternate ending. It's pretty fucking sick. I love it. Um, that was a good question. Um, yeah, so we have a couple of uh, questions that we're probably going to ta- uh, table for another time, but we got one question mm-hmm. from another cousin of yours. Um, do you want to read that one off? Um, sure. Let me see if I can pull that up once. Yeah. So I want to say it's the best seafood. Um, yeah, she, uh, we, we had mentioned, shoot us any ideas you got, uh, food, sports, movies, music, etc. And she had said, what is your favorite or best seafood in the Bay area? So we're taking that as favorite restaurant to get seafood at or place. Yeah, my favorite is Portofino's in North Beach. Um, yes, yeah. it's, it's fire. It's a spot on Grant Street by Tupelo, and um, what else is right around there? Um, kind of near, just uh, like the the heart of Grant Street, Tupelo, Maggie McGeary, Grant and Green, other, Grant and Green. So the other side of the street, it is somewhat new. Um, but it's just fresh seafood. Our guy Frankie's there. He's like this local. Um, Frankie Balistrieri, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? He's like five foot three. Ducks like this, how you doing? And he's super nice. And he just. Hey, how are you? Yeah, it's if you're in North Beach and you're digging for some seafood, they got very good lobster rolls, um, po' boys. Um, we've got this like. Yeah, they, like, they got a fried oyster po' boy. Yeah, I've had that money. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, in a in a world where there's a lot of seafood options that are like mad expensive too, like Portofino is well-priced and it's, it's kind of like your, your triple D style spot. It's a, uh, yeah, not high. They got profiled. a counter. They got a counter. It's not high profile. It's fresh fish. Um, and yeah. Neighborhood Portofino's. guys. Yeah. Say what up to Frankie for me. <laughs> yeah. Tell him how you're doing. Um, and if I were to, I would say, I haven't been there in a while, so I don't know if it's changed, but uh, Nick's Rockaway in Pacifica makes like a, a really good crab sandwich. One of my favorites for sure. Um, and then just for like going up and, and, and getting some casual seafood, probably Swan Oyster Depot on Polk. Yeah. That's money. pretty well known. I think uh, Anthony Bourdain's been there a bunch of times. He's, he's like a big uh, champion of that place. So well known in the city, Swan Oyster Depot. Oh, yeah. Um... And then the next question is from my mother. My mother, hello, mom. Love Ooh. you, mom. Um, she pretty much just says discuss wine. Um, so I'm gonna have some wine, and we're gonna table that that discussion for another time. Uh, yes. <laughs> but to we'll, I like wine, so <laughs> we'll go out and do some uh, market research on that, and come back with our findings for sure. And who knows? Maybe one day we'll have a nice uh, sheesh episode where me and you drink a few glasses and then record. Yeah, we'll do a little sheesh, a little sheesh stash. Yep. Exactly. Um, and yeah, so that about wraps it all up, people. Yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. Um, like we said, keep the questions and the topics coming. Uh, we did save a few for, for the weeks to come, but uh, yeah, we had a great time doing it. Um, and yeah, uh, get well soon, Tiger. And yeah, everybody have a good one until next time.